Hello again, listeners. Welcome to our podcast. Our story today is about a family tragedy that still haunts so many. I am your host, Katie. This story sent chills up my spine. Of all the unsolved cases out there, this one left me with so many questions. This is the story of the missing Sauter family members. In 1945, on Christmas Day, the good folks of Fayetteville, West Virginia, awoke to a horrific tragedy. The home of George and Jeannie Sauter was engulfed in flames. The Sauters would soon realize that five of their ten children were missing. To this day, one question remains. Are they missing? This would become one of America's most puzzling unsolved cases. The Sauter family's story is one with suspense and unanswered questions. On Christmas Eve in 1945, the Sauter family members were preparing to go to bed for the evening. At around 10 p.m., Mrs. Sauter allowed the younger three of their children to stay up a bit longer. Mr. Sauter and two of their sons had already gone to bed after a long day of work. At 12.30 a.m. Christmas Day, Mrs. Sauter was awoken by her phone ringing and heard a woman on the other end of the phone call. She could hear strange noises in the background, like glasses clinking together. Assuming the wrong number, Mrs. Sauter returned to bed only to be awoken later by noises on her roof and a loud bang. Unsure of what was going on, she fell back to sleep. Roughly one hour later, she would wake to the smell of smoke. She realized that the home office was on fire. This is the room that housed their phone and fuse box. Mr. and Mrs. Sauter escaped the fire with four of their ten children. A toddler, Sylvia, two teenagers, Marion and George Jr., and their 23-year-old son, John. Their eldest was away in the Army serving in World War II. Once outside, one of their children made their way to a neighbor's home to call the fire department. However, they did not get a response, and this caused another homeowner to go in search of the fire chief, a F.J. Morris. Meanwhile, back at the Sauter house, Mr. and Mrs. Sauter were desperately trying to rescue their other five children, believed to still be in the burning house. Mr. Sauter went around to the side of the house in hopes of climbing his ladder to access the attic window. But when he got to where the ladder would normally be stored, it was gone. This was unusual. It would be about 8 o'clock that morning before help arrived on the scene. The fire department was only two miles away from the Sauter home. Remember, it was roughly 1.30 in the morning when Mrs. Sauter woke to the smell of smoke. Once the investigation was complete, the cause for the fire would be faulty wiring, a determination that puzzled the Sauters because there had not been any past issues with the wiring, not to mention Mr. Sauter had just had the house rewired and it passed inspection. Mr. Sauter immediately believed it to be arson. And as the story goes on, you will understand why. Mr. and Mrs. Sauter would also be puzzled by the fact that the remains of their five children would not be located among the ashes. Now, 
as a side note, I was chatting with a cousin of mine, and she reminded me that bones, human teeth, they don't burn to ash in something like a house fire. This house burned for roughly 45 minutes before completely extinguished. It did not make sense that human bones would turn to ash in such a short time. As a matter of fact, there was another house fire in that area before this one where a family of seven perished. All the skeletal remains of that family were found in the debris. Also, Mrs. Sauter made a comment that most of the appliances in her house were still identifiable after the fire, causing her to question the whereabouts of her missing children. So where are the other five children? Later, the Sodders chose to turn the site where their home stood into a memorial for their missing five children. However, in 1950, the Sodders began to doubt that their children perished in the house fire. They believed, for whatever reason, the children were somehow still alive. They, they put up a billboard at the site, as well as one on the local Route 16, with pictures of the missing children, and offered a hefty reward for any information that would assist them in determining what happened. This billboard remained in place until after Mrs. Sauter's passing in 1989. I can feel the determination in Mrs. Sauter to find closure. I, I could never rest until I knew something, anything. There was another effort to investigate the case in the early part of the 1950s, but new information never came about. Sometime in the 1960s, the family received a picture of what could have been one of the missing boys. The existence of the person in that picture was never discovered. Now, I mentioned earlier that Mr. Sauter believed this fire to be arson. Well, here's why. In the months preceding the house fire, it was well known that Mr. Sauter, born in Italy and later immigrated to the United States at the age of 13, was an outspoken critic of Italy's Benito Mussolini. The area's largely Italian immigrant community was not happy with Mr. Sauter, and that was not a secret around town. George Sauter was born Giorgio Sauter in 1895, and for the remainder of his life, George, as he came to be known, would not talk about why he fled his homeland. His brother, who accompanied George to the U.S., would immediately return to Italy once he and George cleared customs at Ellis Island. Now, I could not find a reason for his brother leaving so quickly. George would then settle in Pennsylvania working on the railroads. Later, he would settle in Smithers, West Virginia, where he would meet his future wife, Jeannie Capriani. In 1923, they would have the first of their 10 children. They would later settle in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Now, back to this story. In addition to the issues with the Italian community, one of the jurors in the coroner's inquest would be a man that recently threatened Mr. Sauter that his house would burn down and his children destroyed in retribution of his criticism of Mussolini. Other strange things happened with the Sauters as well. There was a telephone repairman that told the family their phone lines were not burned from the fire but were intentionally cut 
by someone. There was also a man that was arrested for stealing from the Sodders right around the time of the fire. He claimed to have cut the phone lines in air, thinking they were electrical lines. To this day, there is no information of his identity or reason for cutting those lines, whether in air or intentional. The Sodders would eventually contact the FBI, but to no avail. Mr. Sodder did receive a letter from then-FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, noting that although he wanted to be of service to the family, this appeared to be a local matter. However, he went on to say that if the local authorities were to request the service of the FBI, he would send in agents. Local authorities refused to ask for assistance. In 1950, the West Virginia legislature would hold two hearings on this case due to the national attention it was receiving after the investigations. However, it was eventually determined that the case was hopeless and therefore dropped as a local matter. The FBI believed they had a case for investigating this as a kidnapping, but two years later, that case was dropped as well. Nearly 20 years after this tragedy, Mrs. Sauter would receive another picture of a man claiming to be that of her son. That would be Lewis, then about 29 years old. There was no way to find out who sent the picture, so nothing would come of this. Later that year, in 1968, Mr. Sauter passed away without knowing for certain what happened to his five missing children. Mrs. Sauter then built a fence around her house and wore black in mourning until the day she passed. The only living child of the Sodders, Sylvia, is about 73 years old today. She, along with other family members, keep the story alive in hopes of reaching a conclusion. This is the most fascinating yet terribly sad event in history that I have ever discovered. It is believed that many feel the only plausible solution is that the children did perish in that fire and that possibly the fire department did not spend enough time looking for evidence. I believe they were only there a couple hours. Or that maybe they did not know exactly what to look for at the time. Yet, some believe that the children did escape the fire and that they would not be surprised if this is proven to be what happened. <laughs>